Welcome to our very special guest today, the Most Reverend Archbishop Harry Goodhue, former Bishop of Wollongong and Archbishop of Sydney, and a lot of other things that you're probably wanting to hear about. So welcome, Harry. Well, thank you very much for having me. Now, I knew that you came to us in Wollongong from Queensland, but I had no idea you were a local lad. You actually grew up in uh, Sydney, so can you tell us a bit about those early years? Sure, certainly. Um, my mother was a Scot. Uh, my father met her in Scotland and uh, they, she came out here and they married here. My dad was in the Australian Navy. He, he had divorced his first wife or she had divorced him. And uh, that proved to be a problem for my father as time went by because he somehow felt a bit guilty about churches and what have you because of that and felt churches were a little bit hard on people who had divorced. But... Um, um, later on, uh, there was a change of heart, so that was good. Um, my mother was uh, involved in the church in the, in the Hebrides, but uh, she got a little bit put off by a very dour Scotch minister at the time with the equivalent of confirmation. They were all dressed up in their, their white dresses, and she said, oh, you might, he said to them, you might be um, white on the outside, but your hearts are black. And... <laughs> That really upset my mother and it took a long time to get over that. Um, so I, we moved out to Marrickville and um, my mother used to take me up to school as a little fellow, but on the way she met two women uh, who turned out to be Sunday school teachers at the local Anglican church and they must have persuaded her to take me along to Sunday school and so I used to go intermittently. Those two ladies, the teachers in actual fact, played quite a role in my life, one of them especially, uh, who was a Bible class teacher as I grew older. Um, I really made, I guess I was thinking a lot about Christian commitment. Somehow I was thinking about life, how it would develop and what it was all about. And at that time, um, a very well-known children's evangelist, uh, Wallace Guilford, um, who was with Campaigners for Christ, and then when independent in that work, he came to our school and put his truck out in the street and put down the tailboard and was sketching a story about the Good Samaritan. And we, well, I was about year seven, I guess, and we came out of school and I listened to him and he handed out a little card uh, for anybody who wanted to ask Christ into their life. So at that point, I took that card home and uh, I prayed the prayer that was there, asking Christ to be my Lord and Saviour. And then I tore the bit off the card and, of course, I was playing football the next day. I gave it to a friend to give to Mr Guilford. Whether he actually ever gave it to him or not, I'm not sure. But uh, that was a point where I knew that I'd put my faith in Christ. Um, so um, that was the start of your walk in the Christian faith. Yes. But, uh, so after a couple of years... You went to your high school principal, and, and what did you tell him? <laughs> well, I had a conviction formed in my heart uh, at that time that I wanted to be either a minister or a missionary. And so we had a very fine headmaster, and I went to talk to him about it. He, uh, he said, well, he thought that was a noble <laughs> intention, but he thought I ought to get some qualifications prior to doing that. So when I left school, which was at the old intermediate certificate, 
my family wasn't able to keep me any longer at school, I went off to work. Um, I worked in accounting offices and then uh, at one stage the Reverend Arthur Dean uh, in the Diocese of Sydney who had become the youth chaplain uh, in that uh, diocese uh, came out to our church and he chatting to him he said why don't you come and, and be uh, on my staff as a youth worker at the Church of England Youth Department. So. I thought, well, perhaps that God was God's way of opening a door for me to move in the direction that I felt I wanted to go. So I left what I was doing and I worked uh, as the youth worker for the Church of England and was responsible for the conduct of youth camps and the care of the properties down on the port hacking. And um, yeah, that's so. Uh, so I was there for a period of time and then I uh, applied to Moore College. I hadn't done the leaving certificate, but I was accepted because of my accountancy studies. Um, and I entered Moore College for training for the Anglican ministry. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, you mentioned football a minute ago, but um, as a schoolboy, you were also a pretty keen cricketer and uh, you played in the Green Shield competition for Marrickville. Tell us about your association with Richie Benno. Oh, well, I played against Richie Benno in that Green Shield tournament and I did get selected to uh, go to the trials for the New South Wales junior squad. He, of course, was involved and also Ray Flockton, who was very famous those days, played for New South Wales. Um, and I, I went to those trials. I must have done reasonably well because the secretary from the cricket club came across to let me know that I was invited to go to the uh, New South Wales schoolboys team. But my grandmother, who uh, was at home, wasn't necessarily keen on me doing that and knowing I'd started work, told him that I wasn't interested. So that was the end of my career in that regard. Uh, but what about your uh, quoting, mis or should I say misquoting the Bible about faith, hope and cricket? Where, oh, right. How did that come about? Well, while I was at school, um, the rector of our parish, his wife, was a very godly lady and she ran quite a significant Bible study group in her home in the rectory. Uh, out of it came a number of people who went into full-time service, but she called me in to come and have afternoon tea one afternoon after school. And I sat down and she chatted to me for a while and then she asked me um, who was going to be first in my life and I rather facetiously replied, well, my priorities are faith, hope and cricket, <laughs> which she smiled and said, no, be serious. <laughs> so I said, yes, I was going to make Christ first in my life and by the grace of God, I've endeavoured to do that. Well, you've told us how that you, uh, despite not finishing the leaving certificate, you were uh, got into the Anglican Training College and um, you were completing your accountancy while you were in college and you spent three years. Uh, um, you told me you, you, your mates got up to a few pranks when you were at that college <laughs> age. Well, in those days, we were all single men. There were only two men who were married and they lived in their college, the college during the week and went home to their homes on the weekend. So... We were young men, full of energy, and uh, we didn't spend it all studying. So we did all sorts of things. I remember one fellow, you know, we packed up his furniture and took that out and piled it somewhere out of the way and took him out and left him on the New South Wales golf course. Uh, another fellow, we 
took out once to uh, King's Cross and chained to uh, a post out there and someone in the end took mercy on him and let him go. We also raided the Baptist College and took their trophies, uh, their sporting trophies. But uh, they were, uh, they were, <laughs> they were as good as we were, and came back and repeated the uh, the episode with us <laughs> sometime later. Oh, so okay. it weren't... was, it was, um, it's a much more serious business of the students now, I think, than in those days when we were simply there to study for the ministry. Oh, that sounds like a bit of fun. So after three years, you came out of college as a trainee minister. So where did you go to first? Well, we went out to Bondi, first of all, the little branch church at North Bondi, which was an old set of flats. The downstairs had been turned into a, uh, a church and a bathroom, and the rest was the living accommodation upstairs. When the wind blew, <laughs> all the windows blew open and it blew through, to wash, there was outside, old outside laundry, uh, which was uh, attached to the back of the house. And we had a water-driven uh, spin dryer, which shook the place to pieces. But um, that was where we spent our, our first months of ministry. And it was there from there that Pam went into hospital to have our first child. Okay. And um, tell us about the story of your wedding and uh, ordination the next day. That sounds an interesting story. <laughs> yes, it was a bit of a mix-up. Uh, we were set to be ordained uh, at St Andrew's Cathedral on a principal date in uh, February. And at the last moment, it was uh, the, the Queen Mother arrived. So that Sunday was allocated for her being a cathedral and our ordination was put back. We'd arranged uh, for our wedding on the 1st of March and now the ordination was on the 2nd of March. So I think I'm the only, only uh, graduate and, and ordained person that I know that was married on one day and ordained the next. <laughs> okay, <laughs> exciting time. Yeah. Now, as Minister in Charge of um, the newly created Provisional District of Be Beverly Hills, what, what happened there? How did you come to be out at Beverly Hills? Oh, well, um, the parish, the main parish was of Penshurst and it was growing and Beverly Hills was growing as a new district where younger families were moving in. And so they divided off the little branch church was at Beverly Hills and made it a provisional district. Uh, so I was appointed the first minister there and it was, um, it was a fascinating place and it was a good place to learn. It was a small block and we had a little hall built on quite a small church. Um, it, was, it was a great place to be. There were some wonderful people there. And it was during that time that the first Billy Graham crusade was held here in Sydney and we had hundreds of referrals and it was quite a major job over the rest of the time that we were there following up the people who were referred to us and some very fine families came into, into the church at, at that time. So it was an interesting four or five years that we were there. Um, we um, one, Two of our other children were born while we were there um, and so it was a significant part of our lives. Well, it does seem like a pretty straightforward career move from there into the position of, of a rector of a church, but that's not what happened. Is what happened next? Well, because I'd begun by thinking, as I said earlier, being either a minister or a missionary, I thought we ought to press the missionary door. 
So we made an application to one of the major missionary societies and things were different in those days. They'd just sent out a family with three or four children and that was a strain on their budget. So whether that was the real reason or whether they just didn't think me a, a likely candidate, they said, well, you know, don't call us, we'll call you. But around about that time, a representative, Bill Rich, from the uh, Bush Church Aid Society, came out to our parish and spoke to a women's group. And while he was chatting, I, uh, I said to him, look, I, we, we had thought of doing some mission work. Uh, would BCA be interested in us? And he said, well, it so happens that there's a vacancy in the Sedina Parish, which took in about 80,000 square miles of, uh, of South Australia and over into Western Australia. And um, he, he asked us if we'd consider that, so we did. And we made our way ultimately out to Sedona and spent three or four years there. That was a term. And it was a great experience to work amongst people in those areas. There was a lot of traveling. Also flew by plane, BCA ran nursing centres around the state, uh, up at Cook, if anybody ever travels across in the train, uh, across the east-west train line there at Cook, you'll see the big tank which has it, if you cook, come to Cook, if you cook, come to Cook, and uh, Cook, the Queen City of the Nullarbor. Well, actually, when we were there, there were, was a little community there, but there was also a BCA hospital was manned by two women and I used to visit up there and visit the along the railway line. The In those days there were the shorter rails. Since then they put in the longer rails and because there were the shorter rails and they needed attention there are a number of fetless camps along the, um, along the railway. So I used to visit them along with a Lutheran pastor who used to come through too. So we, we used to try and share the gospel with people in the fetless camps. Um, yeah, so it was an interesting place. The BCA nurses there were, were wonderful people. I remember one occasion where uh, a man came in off the line, indicated that he had a bad tooth. Um, so they tried to pull it out and they, they couldn't get it out. So in the end, he took the forceps and, and, uh, and got the tooth out himself. It turned out he was a doctor of dentistry back in Europe and uh, was out on that program where they had to do two years work before they could come into the Australian community. So that was an interesting experience and there were lots of interesting people who'd come into those nursing centres from round about. Yeah, so after three years in Seduna, your career took another turn and we'll come back to that shortly.